Hello and welcome to How We Live Online and good morning. I'm Christina. I'm Joanna. We're recording in the morning. Yeah, to me it is so early, but it's 9:23. <laughs> Which I would normally be waking up in 10 minutes, so it's not that crazy. And then be late to work at 10. But your brain is your brain thinks it's crazy. Yeah, my brain does think it's crazy. I'm I've also had a problem of going to bed at three for the past like week. Mm-hmm. I can't stop. I don't know why. So I had this idea, and sometimes things don't work out, right? But we're still gonna talk about these two things. They're not as connected as I wanted them to be. What do you mean? They are connected, but they're not connected. Or maybe you'll see. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the movie Gattaca. And then I think it's kind of a crazy, silly little comparison. So I'll, I'll reveal the next thing as we get to the next thing. But first, let's just explain what Gattaca is. Joanna, tell me about your relationship with this movie. Okay. Christina and I have a very interesting relationship with this movie. And I did some straw polling of my family members to see their recollections because it's so crazy. If basically, if you are Christina and I's exact age in the school system in Arlington County at this time, in the schools we went to, you would have watched Gattaca in school on average three times. I think I actually watched it three times in school in various different classes. Um, Three? Three. No, I definitely watched it more than that. Okay. Christina has watched it more than three times in school. I think that I may have watched it every year from seventh grade onward. Yeah, that I think actually taking maybe two away. So what? Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Oh, then that's just four. Okay. Yeah. That makes I think, sense. I think that that's right too, that like, I, I remember watching it every year as well. Like not watching it was the exception. Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, I talked to my sister who's younger and she said, went to all the same schools. I guess we didn't have many of the same teachers, but like she had never watched it in school. And my brother only remembers watching it once. So I think we hit some kind of like strange sweet spot in like the zeitgeist slash like the movie was 15 years old by the time we were in school. So it's not like it was relevant, but it was extremely relevant in a lot of different classes. I remember listening to it or watching it in um, science class, but then also English class. Um. Yeah, what do, you, what do you remember? Yeah, in history, social studies. What do you remember, Christina? So I remember also, first of all, the cat and my heating system will be making a lot of noise because it's the morning. Sorry about that. I remember watching for the first time in Miss Zimmerman's seventh grade science class. That class is etched into my mind mm-hmm. because seventh grade is a hard year. And I had it with my first boyfriend, who was my science fair partner 
but clearly wanted to break up with me, but couldn't break up with me because we were science fair partners. So that class was just full of tension for me, (laughs) meaning I remember it. And I definitely watched it in an English class because this movie is about sometime in the near future. Hold on, I took notes. Also, we'll be spoiling we'll be spoiling the movie we will be spoiling the movie because we assume everyone else has seen this movie. i would definitely suggest watching it like asap yeah because it's important okay <laughs> yeah we'll get into that okay so okay yeah the movie is about this young man who is born right before there is a shift in the culture in which Everyone from then on, including his little brother, is genetically modified to, like, take <laughs> away. What'd you say? I was just gonna say he's a cusper, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, us. Um, yeah, his name is Victor. Vincent. Vin- sorry. <laughs> okay, Vincent. It's set in the not-too-distant future. That's what it says in the beginning. So it's set in the not-too-distant future, and everyone is genetically modified except for Vincent and people born, like, before him. I think he's a cusper because at the time it seemed like there was the technology to do that, but his parents chose not to do it. And his mom was, like, very Christian, I believe, and wanted, like, to give it, you know, to God to decide. And then once he came out... And I don't think all of the technology was there yet. But once he came out, then it, they found out that he has a 99% chance of dying of heart disease by age 30. So, you know, the beginning of the movie, like, the parents are really, like, helicoptering him, want to make sure he's safe. They have this younger son who, like, when he was when they were looking at all the eggs in the doctor's office, they could pick out like the gender first. And then like, once they have that fertilized egg, make all these decisions about its health. Um, And by then I think it was like normal practice. So the family decided to do it anyway. So then he's in competition with his brother throughout the movie. I have zoned out during this movie slash nap during this movie so many times (laughs) that I thought that, he was so eventually he wants to become an astronaut and go to space um but because of genoism (laughs) aka racism of genes he can't get hired anywhere so he has to pretend to be someone who's valid um and they call the i don't know god god's children his kind they call him invalid which i think is there's so much disability stuff in here that like yeah is really shitty yeah and anyway so he needs to pretend to be someone who's valid and I thought that he was pretend he was impersonating his brother the whole time like that was my memory of the movie but he is not he is in fact living with a swimmer who was in an accident and in overseas and now in a wheelchair and so the his name's Jerome Jerome like you know in exchange for housing <laughs> and and life and safety gives uh 
Vincent. All of his, I don't know, dandruff, hair, blood, yeah. like vials of his pee and all of that stuff so that Vincent can work at Gattaca and eventually go to space. Gattaca also is the name of the movie. Also is all of the letters in the gene thing, I'm pretty sure. And they just made that word up, I I think. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, I think it does mean something, but it's like means some gene thing. Yeah. And this movie's really strange. There's a lot that I forgot. Um, Uma Thurman's in it. Yeah, wait, can I just say it's crazy. We watched Do Revenge, which stars Maya Hawk. And then without even thinking about it, we watched Gattaca, which is the movie where Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman met to make Maya Hawke. And <gasps> also it's the movie about genetics. <laughs> and now we are simply people who review movies <laughs> done by people in this gene pool. <laughs> Wait, that's so, I didn't even realize that. Yes. Oh my god. I thought that's about that as really soon as I started watching the movie because I completely forgot. I mean, I like I knew these three pieces of information, but I forgot that like they were all gonna connect. I knew that it was important that I was seeing those two, but mm-hmm. I didn't know why. I was like, is it just because they're hot? And like I'm mem- like remembering watching this in class and being like, this is gonna hot. Did we watch the sex scenes in class? I don't think we did. I don't remember. I feel like they were skipped over. I was like, I would have remembered this. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of discussion. It opens, or the movie opens with this um, quote from the Bible from Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes about God's handiwork. Um, there's also this quote, I will not... I not only think that we will tamper with Mother Nature, I think Mother Nature wants us to by Willard Galen, who I didn't Google, but I'm assuming is a scientist. Well, it's not coming up. Is that just a fake quote? I don't know. <laughs> don't feel like we're on a time crunch. I have to go to work soon. But yeah, so there's all of this like leave it up to chance, aka God, or use science to make sure that everyone's super healthy. Yeah. And then we, I was, I wanted to do an episode, one about Gattaca, because we just are so, um, honestly, this movie's really close to us. <laughs> We've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. And then also this idea of just like genetic modification and I think like a simpler conversation that can be had in a 40 minute podcast episode would be about like dog breeding. I don't think we can, I'm not prepared to have a conversation about eugenics today, um, which maybe we can do sometime in the future, but, and that is directly related to this, but I I would like to do it justice in, in a more cohesive way. So yeah. we're, we're not. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot more like simple comparisons you can make, which, but even, I mean, we all, and we'll talk, I guess we'll talk more about dog breeding, mm-hmm. but I think like one thing that we know about dog breeding is that people breed dogs 
for aesthetic purposes mm -hmm. that is not always healthy for the dogs mm -hmm. right and in the same way um I was reading this interesting article about like the idea of genetic like genetic modification getting rid of genetic diseases mm -hmm. which are sometimes like actually protective against other pathogens so like the most famous one I think is um like sickle cell anemia which is protective against malaria oh like that's a that's I mean obviously there's like negative consequences if you have sickle cell disease but also you are like that's it's designed to be protective against malaria like that's why humans evolved to have that yeah and there are many other genetic diseases like that so I was reading this interesting article about like how these and obviously it's different like like a mutation for health purposes versus like aesthetic purposes in dogs yeah, yeah. but it is interesting how these things can have negative consequences that are like way downstream even than you would think of like what would it mean if we got rid of this protective mutation in our gene pool right like what would that turn out to be who knows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this movie has a lot of confusing science, first of all, because it's science fiction. And secondly, confusing like social structures. Like if we're talking about the humans in Gattaca being genetically modified, which I would call this genetic modification, right? It is, yeah. Okay. Um, like they become this race of people that is more beautiful, that's stronger, um, smarter, will supposedly live longer. And yet there are these um, people who like, you know, kind of fall through the cracks of that, like Uma Thurman's character seemed, I understood that she was genetically modified and yet she still came out with a heart disease or a heart failure mm -hmm. of some mm -hmm. kind. Um, which or Jerome also is genetically modified, but he's still gotten an accident. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a guarantee, basically, is I think what the, the movie is trying to say, like, if you're predestined for something through science or or God, like, mm -hmm these things don't necessarily work out the way that you anticipate like Jerome's character who is the man like helping Vincent you know pretend that he's valid in quotation marks was a swimmer who you know he was supposed to like get a gold medal and he got it he got silver he got second and then he throws himself in front of a car and wanted to kill himself but instead is paralyzed from the waist down these are side notes, but important to me. The conversation about him being in a wheelchair is just so antiquated to me. And it's interesting that like this is set in the not too distant future. Mm -hmm. And this guy's wheelchair like sucks. It's like the yeah. shittiest, ricketyest wheelchair with like huge handles on the on the back. Yeah. And He's an alcoholic because he's just, like, so sad that he is in a wheelchair. And, like, obviously this man was suicidal, so he's a depressed person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like soothing himself through alcohol, obviously. But there's so many conversations between him and Vincent about his body being useless now. Mm-hmm. Which I think in this Gattaca society, they're so obsessed with uh, genetic perfection that like that sentiment does make sense to me. But through the world, like if this is like our world, but in the not too distant future, which at that time was probably now, like at the time of the movie being made, it's probably around now. Why are there no advancements for him? Why do they not have an elevator? And like, I just felt like there was like so many questions I had about his character. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like if this is a society that values ability so heavily why aren't they doing everything they can to like make him walk again like wouldn't they have some kind of technology to make him walk again or like technology to make his life easier um but maybe the idea is just that like he's he's useless to society which is like a shitty thing to watch yeah I guess yeah that's an interesting I I hadn't thought about that exactly I guess my impression was that like he because he's in hiding nobody knows he exists Mm -hmm. so like yeah it would be interesting to know if in the world of Gattaca if there are resources for him (laughs) if he like makes himself known but maybe he was just so ashamed of what happened and that he got second and that like that Mm -hmm. he himself thought he was useless Mm -hmm. and didn't want to seek out anything Mm-hmm. Um, and I had something else that that made me think of. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's it's just interesting in general, like because I think you're right that the society really is very utilitarian. Except it's in a totally false way where they've equated, it's this idea of genetic determinism, that they've equated the idea of genetics with ability and utility, which is not true. And a lot of, and some people know that in this society, like, for example, the guy who knows that there's um, a character who knows that Vincent is an invalid because, and he's the one who takes his blood um and all of his genetic samples every day he's known for years that um vincent is invalid but he doesn't tell him um because the whole idea is that vincent can still do this job (laughs) he would never get the job because the interview is just you know what's what's your genetic sequence but he can still do the job he's the best astronaut that gattaca has (laughs) so I think it's just an interesting thing that like there are some characters who don't agree that Mm -hmm. genetics are everything but then there are other characters like Uma Thurman who's convinced herself um that you know she could never do what Vincent does because she has a heart condition but she doesn't know that Vincent probably has an even worse heart condition than her Mm-hmm. And he is the best astronaut ever. So, yeah, I was a little bit confused about that. Like how, like, I wanted to know more about the world outside of Gattaca 
because I also think it's a really extreme example where like are there other careers <laughs> in society that like don't have such strict um qualifications and I also think Vincent is a little bit of an unreliable narrator that like he has a very specific view and he's even a little bit I mean a lot of it bitter right that he didn't have the same opportunity that his brother had to be genetically modified to mm -hmm. get the job he wanted so that's obviously affecting his worldview yeah the invalids are essentially like a servant class at this point they mm -hmm. show them all like cleaning Gattaca and Vincent used to be a janitor at Gattaca and then contacted some sleazy guy and got in contact with Jerome and then they like started a life together um and it's funny that like all he had to do was like gel his hair get mm -hmm. colored contacts oh excuse me not all he had to do he did get surgery on his shins to grow two inches and I but I guess I'm saying in the face they like he doesn't have glasses or messy hair and now he's a valid which yeah. is so funny um yeah so basically like this character cleans every surface he uses like aggressively exfoliates every morning and then like carries around vials of jerome's like body matter and sprinkles it wherever he goes so that like he does leave a trace the the big like like action conflict of the story outside of like you know him wanting to be an astronaut is that the mission director was murdered and they find one of vincent's not jerome's eyelashes at the scene and so they're trying to see like find who that invalid guy is but it's like not the, not vincent he's the best like that's him i don't know but the cop is on to him and it turns out that his cop brother yeah it's his brother the whole time and he couldn't even recognize him with that haircut no no there's also this um thread of the the brothers racing each other in the water like um what's it called free swimming open water swimming Mm -hmm. open water swimming playing chicken I used to be very freaked out by that I was like why would they ever like that's such a bad idea but it never ended in anyone like being that hurt like yeah I wonder where they are I don't understand any of it they say they could go to the other side so I'm guessing it's like some, some very tidal lake, lake. <laughs> yes very strange and the Oh, and then like quickly before we talk about the second thing, I just want to note some of the technology in this because I thought it was really funny. So it's sometime in the near or not too distant future. They have those like thick, big desktop computers. They're just some random little gadgets that don't really make a lot of sense. Like he has what looks like a stylus that is a little, you know, the canned air that you would mm -hmm. use to clean your keyboard. He just has what looks like a pen to do that. So cool. He has an Apple Watch, as I like to call it. But it's just, it looks like an Apple Watch in that it has a square face, but it has no screen, which I thought was so stupid because they have computers. So why would they not put a screen on the watch? But I guess that wasn't invented yet in the real world. Yeah. So his watch 
it well no it probably was but so his watch is just like it looks like a metal cage and he like he like press a button on it and then he can like call jerome that made me laugh what else oh this the just the freaking wheelchair is like so rickety it was like this wheelchair looks like it is so old yeah how could this be in the future oh okay random the mission director was bludgeoned with a keyboard that's how he died yeah that was a really funny part where they're like Hmm, bloody keyboard. I'm like, I don't think anyone could like that's a heavy keyboard. Yeah. Um oh my god, the cars were charging cars. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, They got that right. Yeah. Uma Thurman's character lives at the beach or lake or whatever. And in the where her two walls meet, there was you could see the waves crashing, and I was like oh my god all of these movies always make all the bedroom walls screens like that's so stupid Mm. but then I realized they were windows (laughs) but in in uh smart house they do that too I was like why was that such like a thing of the yeah of the past thinking about the future like wanting all screen walls I thought was interesting and oh the cops are such goons in this movie first of all like with their coats and their hats very goony and multiple characters say things like bodies with minds to match talking about the genes um which i think is important to to point out i do have a question though the mission directors the higher-ups in gattaca are old men they can they are not genetically modified yeah yeah that's that's that's, that's a huge would they never address that yeah or were they like the very first like before it was popular or is there still some kind of like just some... a hierarchy because they've been there for so long I don't yeah. know I was like how could there be like if we're really gonna do it right there should be no old people allowed to do anything mm-hmm. like if that's really the the idea is that you have to be genetically modified slash a valid to do anything i would assume that all of the senior citizens get booted to like some shitty jobs or like taken yeah. away somewhere yeah but there was none of that yeah so what's that about yeah oh side note sorry i'm just looking at my notes another technological thing this guy has is he showers in like a steam room mm-hmm and then can walk out of it and like press a button and the whole inside turns to flames yeah to like incinerate all of his body yeah matter i wonder how he could afford this before he got the job at gattaca to even get the job at gattaca right but i guess like that sleazy guy just gave him all the equipment and then he pays him pays him out i don't know and mm-hmm. Then that's how Jerome, like, kills himself in the end. That's how it ends. Jerome yeah. gets into that little thing, first turns himself to fire and ash. Yeah. And then we get a shot of Vincent going into the little spaceship. They're, like, yeah. both going, they're both going home. That's how it ends, with the word home. And I'm like, I don't really think this was about home. <laughs> oh. 
I don't think this movie was about home. I don't know why we're ending on that. I think it's like dust to dust, ashes to ashes kind of home. I guess. Yeah, I forgot that Jerome killed himself at the end of the movie. I forgot that that happened. Yeah, when he he was start he was really acting out, and I was like, "Wait, does this man is that how they end his storyline? Like he just kills himself?" Yeah, then he did. It's really dark. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Okay. So. So I I saw, on your idea of if the science is confusing slash did they get all this technology right, in twenty eleven. Some NASA scientists ranked a bunch of movies, sci-fi movies, on how um, scientifically accurate they are. Mm-hmm. And Gattaca, or like plausible, I think that was the word they used. Mm-hmm. And Gattaca was number one. Good for Gattaca. Mm-hmm. They plausible. are they're careful to explain most of the like the body, the body matter stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. And the it's such a surveillance state thing too. Like they can go, they can like take some mm-hmm. of your your hair and then like go to this weird little ATM like situation and get a copy of your entire yeah code. They show that by this woman like going up to the thing and they swab her mouth and she's like, I kissed this guy like five minutes ago. I want the whole yeah. thing. And I was like, ew. Yeah. Can I also just say it's so crazy technology like talking about technology moving fast when this movie came out we hadn't mapped the entire genome human genome that was finished in 2003 isn't that crazy that it was only in 2003 that we like mapped the entire human genome what year did this come out 1997 okay wow. it just reminds me of one of those things where they say like you know by percentage which I don't know how this could be true. Maybe it's like a false fact, but anyways, it's still, I think it resonates that like we've explored more of outer space than Mm -hmm. we have the ocean. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what about our own selves? Like, (laughs) it's crazy. It is crazy. The, The outer space thing, maybe it's like our solar system. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because we know how big that is. We don't have big outer spaces. Plus, it's always growing. So, oh, I can't think about that. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> You're gonna make me. Nervous. I can only think about that. <laughs> okay, so on this thing of we don't know that much about ourselves and our bodies, we can't test on humans. That's something that scientists did do to like there's a very like intense history of american scientists testing on black people that like i want to note because that's important to the history of this thing but like mm-hmm. i didn't do any research on it and we're going to talk about gen- like testing on animals yeah um, i mean it's like there's black people women incarcerated people incarcerated black women yeah like all of those populations have been extensively used for research purposes yeah by scientists and it's very fucked up and what is happening now is the testing of animals i'm sure somewhere people are getting tested on 
I don't know where, like, how could I, how could there not be, you know, in Mm -hmm. this disgusting, terrible world. But so in July, Joanna and I live in Virginia. Hello to our friends in the Netherlands. Um, In July, there was 4,000 beagles rescued from a center warehouse type situation in Cumberland, Virginia, where they were being bred to sell to places to be tested on. So they were all in cages. Many of them had never touched grass by the time, almost, I think none of them had touched grass by the time that they were rescued. Um, There were, it's really sad. Yeah, they, so a lot of them like didn't have teeth or like parts of their teeth were missing because it was likely that they were trying to chew their way out of the crates. All of their food had like larvae in it. All of their like their feces would be just like stacked up next to them in the crates. There were, you know, the the breeding female beagles that were like swollen and had skin disease. I don't know if they could like locate or tell which of the male beagles were like the stud beagles, but like obviously like the female beagles were were the ones birthing all of the litters that were then decided to keep or not keep. Um, And so their bodies were like, you know, terrorized. And so there were little puppies, there were the mothers, and then the other beagles that like just hadn't been sold yet. So a PETA worker went undercover at the facility because they were hiring because they couldn't hire anyone <laughs> also like imagine being short-staffed at a fucking breeding ground <laughs> like this person who remained anonymous um said that they saw like beagles being euthanized without anesthesia they were you know they're the person who who saw like all of the food being disgusting the excrement everywhere these animals trying to get out of cages and there was an incinerator on the property so like if they saw that the beagle didn't have the right like kind of paws or it like walked weird or it had a funky eye or something like they would just immediately euthanize it and incinerate it um so these beagles were sold to scientific testing facilities and or animal testing facilities i don't know if any were actually sold to like pet owners or like mm-hmm. you know beagle like be- places to adopt beagles mm-hmm. um it seemed to me from the washington post article that i was reading like they were making their money by selling these beagles to um places that were testing on animals because mm-hmm. because of the breed they're like very docile and compliant um they're the animal that's they're the dog that is often tested on for things like for like to learn more about human disease actually there's someone there's a quote from someone from 
shit where's my phone so i read this article profit pain and puppies inside the rescue of nearly four thousand beagles by lizzie johnson for the washington post that's where i got almost all of my information on this except for just hearing about it through you know local news outlets and stuff over the summer um but an interesting quote that they had was from a virginia tech spokeswoman elizabeth hooper who said Research on dogs has and continues to lead to life-preserving and enhancing treatments in the areas of diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, and organ transplantation. Um, so she said that to, during a Senate committee meeting in 2020, and Tech and University of Maryland had both purchased beagles from that facility before, which I think is mm-hmm. interesting. I wish I knew someone who, like could speak on this better than I can because I don't because it's so complicated to recognize that like for these advancements in science to happen like something has to give but I think not obviously not like this you know what I mean like this is terrible yeah and so these beagles were all rescued from various humane societies along the east coast and or you know just SPCAs and stuff and one of them I have intel because I know someone who works at the SPCA in Virginia Beach one of them will be at the puppy bowl representing (laughs) the story so um there will be a Virginia Beach beagle at the puppy bowl in February which fun fact they have I said this on the podcast before no I think you just told me okay they I don't know. Sometimes. Okay, I'm sorry if I've already said. I don't know if I've already said this, but they film the puppy bowl in like October because the puppies don't actually play football. So they take all the puppies there in October and like somewhere in New York, film it, and then over a few months, it's cut together to look like a a show. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, excuse me, a game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that um, one thing that this makes me think about, which we'll talk about later in the season, is like the sentient AI. Because when you say something's got to give, like it makes me think about um, advancements in science that can create like human, like, like human-like flesh, for example, that you can do testing for skin diseases or burn treatments, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like we can synthetically create these different um, human parts to do testing on Mm -hmm. now. Um, And I don't know how costly that type of uh, creation is for these research purposes, right? As opposed to just buying beagles. Um, but I think it, to me, it's like an interesting thing of this idea of sentience, which I said, like, we'll talk about later because what's happening here is that we're drawing a line, right. Of, oh, it's not okay to do this stuff on humans, but like, it is okay to do it on dogs. Or if we decide it's not okay to do on dogs, it is okay to do on mice. Yeah. And then at what point do like these human creations, right? 
maybe it's just a heart or just skin at first, but then eventually maybe you need to create like a whole different parts of humans to replicate these things for research. And do they have sentience or what does sentience mean? Mm-hmm. Um, can an artificial intelligence have sentience or is that ridiculous? Preposterous, that doesn't make any sense. Um, like I said, we'll talk about it later in the season. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. The thing about, oh, we can't do it on humans. Okay, we'll do it on dogs. But dogs are domesticated and they're so cute and we feel really bad for them. So let's do it on mice who have little tiny rat brains and like we can do whatever we want them because no one cares about them. But mice are smart. Like they have feelings. They have a brain that works and they like make decisions. So do dogs. And I don't want to say that, like, I think it's reductive to say we should stop all testing like that. Because what is, because, oh, am I going to get canceled? The thing is that, oh, it's important to, like, learn these, make these scientific advancements, in my opinion, like, at what point? do we stop until we become Gattaca? I don't know. Like, is Gattaca just being really proactive by nipping all these things in the bud and then they don't have to test on animals? Mm. I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it's just like, it's nipping that- all these things in the bud as in being eugenicist. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's complicated is what I know, I'm it is complicated. I'm also yeah. not, I'm also- I also don't, I have no idea. I, I have no answers. I'm not, I am not a scientist. Okay. I don't know much about the human body. Don't know anything about mine. Don't know anything about dogs' bodies or anything. And I just think it's an interesting topic of discussion. And honestly, kind of, I'm sure I've fucking written like a five paragraph essay about this idea of like mm-hmm. predestination and you know, leaving things up to the universe versus like, what can science do to to help us? You know, that feels very much like a AP mm-hmm. English paper. But I mean, what I guess the question that I'm sure all of these researchers and reporters and everyone is wondering is like, at what point do we intervene? And at what point do we stop? You know, like, if I would love for there to be no more cancer in the world. I would love for there to be no more heart disease or things that kill people, obviously. But is the answer to, like, abuse animals? I hope not. And then Mm -hmm. if the answer is to create like synthetic humans I don't think that I want a synthetic human (laughs) to gain sentience and then what take over the world in a robot revolution Uh uh-huh we're writing a science fiction movie right (laughs) we really are am I saying things that are fucked up I'm really just thinking out loud Yeah, no, I don't think it's necessarily fucked up. Um, I will say 
like I know about, I know a little bit about the scientific process, right? And there are these things <laughs> called institutional review boards. Okay. IRBs that you have to get any study you do cleared by. And which like, that's not to say that all studies are ethical because they've been cleared by the IRB, which I think is what like some people who work in science would say. They would say this is ethical because it was cleared by the board who decides on ethics, right? But obviously IRBs have their own um, ideas about what's okay. And those kind of are established by either a university or, you know, a profession, um, which is biased, right? In mm -hmm. whatever they believe, not necessarily bad or good bias, but um, yeah. I I don't know. One thing that I don't like in general is lack of transparency. Mm -hmm. I think anytime there's a situation where um, an organization is not being transparent, it raises a red flag because either, like, why don't you want, especially publicly funded institutions like Virginia Tech and University of Maryland, maybe they weren't necessarily hiding that this was their practice, but to not be transparent about it, especially when you're publicly funded, I think is really shitty. Mm -hmm. I think people have a right to know about um, the research that's being done and they have a right to critique it if they, if the public doesn't think that this is a good idea, we shouldn't be doing it, especially at a publicly funded institution, just for the sake of doing it. That's what I would say. And then the, the non-transparency is like, why, why would you have to hide these things? Um, makes me feel like you think it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't think it's wrong, just come out and say it and convince us or convince the public um, of why this is the way. Yeah. Which I guess is like the quote that you pulled. No, the quote from the article. The person from tech and the the cancer or the the disease treatments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to take a hard, I guess what I was rambling on about is like, I don't want to, nor am I comfortable or educated enough to take a hard stance on like whether or not we should be using animals to test on anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I think in my heart, I'm like, that's terrible. But then you think of the human impact and I don't know, it's, it's a complicated issue. Also not one that like, I think I need to have a stance on, but like in this conversation, I feel like I, I should have an answer, but I have no answer. So I think what you said is apt. Like if this is the case, we should know about it and we should know yeah, why. As taxpayers in Virginia and, you know, federal taxpayers, the National Institutes of Health, we fund publicly funded research. And if this yeah. was happening, anything that happens, right? Or the, pri the research priorities, we should have a right to know about that or help set those research priorities. Yeah, well said. Thank you. As a woman in STEM. I'm a woman in STEAM. Oh, right. Because I can't pick. I can't pick, I STEAM. Yeah. Science, technology. Engineering engineering art yeah art. 
<laughs> and, and math. Yeah, not the humanities, though. No. Like, yeah. I remember when STEAM became such a conversation. My dad is a, a principal, and he was just like, used to be the STEM lab, which is like their little science lab. And he's like, now it's the STEAM lab. I don't really know if they're going to do in there any different, but <laughs> we added an A. <laughs> no uh, humanities, that's it. Yeah. It happen in there. Yeah. So Gattaca honestly just like continues to inform my education, I guess. Like I understand why many teachers were like yeah this movie seems fine to show during class mm-hmm. I just ended up hitting that sweet spot where I saw it so many fucking times I think I watched it in biology I watched it in social studies I watched it in English I watched it in maybe did we watch in Miss Venus chemistry class maybe all the but different then Nina would have watched it true okay yeah. Um got a cup, more like got a yeah. <laughs> got a yeah. <laughs> Yasika. Yasika. Yeah, it's like Jessica, but yes. Okay. <laughs> there are some other parts of this article that I screenshotted and I want to share with the group. Oh, the PETA person who went undercover made $12 an hour oh my god doesn't that suck that does suck like it sucks so much harder for the beagles right Mm -hmm. but you're expected to like keep this private and kill dogs yeah and you're only making $12 an hour yeah I feel like there should be more incentive to keep your mouth shut Mm -hmm. I don't know anyway so Then once these beagles were rescued, there's so many videos of them like touching grass for the first time and like can't like don't know really how to run. And it's like endearing, but also just so sad. And like Mm -hmm. they're drinking water, but they're like, oh, cold water. What is that? Like the mothers. So they couldn't sell the puppies until they had weaned. Mm -hmm. And so they would starve the mothers so they wouldn't produce any more milk to then so they had never actually like weaned off of their mothers. Their mother just like could not produce milk anymore. And then they would sell the dogs. Mm-hmm. So the ones that did get rescued were really scared. And what's interesting is that people flew from like the West Coast to come get some of these beagles. And the article kind of pokes fun at this idea that like, oh, all these people are coming for these beagles. And then all the dogs that were there before in these shelters like don't get adopted that day which is interesting too harry and megan of the royals adopted one so did so did um there's a virginia senator who like helped with all of the lawmaking with all of this republican senator forgot his name Mm. got some like beagle nickname and he adopted one or two of them Mm. so the facility was built in 1961 and For the past, like, five years, I think, like, Virginia lawmakers have known about it, but, like, it just finally was put into action and fixed, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, 
Uh, this is a quote from the article about like the history of the facility. So it says built in 1961, the breeding operation featured 27 long, low slung metal buildings used for whelping and housing about 5,000 beagles in cages and cement runs. The campus had its own wastewater treatment plant and incinerator, one full-time vet and about 25 employees. So yeah, just somewhere in rural VA. And then the article also talks about how like Obviously, since it's rural Virginia, like the outside is beautiful and mm-hmm. dogs didn't get to run around. Mm-hmm. And now they have to learn how to be little dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. What is your take on genetic, on testing on beagle? What's your take on animal testing? <laughs> I'm I just, just like, I'm feeling embarrassed that I was like, is it okay? I don't know. No, well, here's my thing is that like, I think... And I don't know what the beagles were being like. I don't, I, 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 I also just don't know enough, right. About what is being done. Um, because if it's the case that like the beagle works for, you know, a half a year or a year and they're not actually like so harmed anyway, in any way they can't live a life after, right. Like if they could still be adopted and like touch grass and all that stuff, like, that's great. But my question would be like, how would, like, what if the beagle goes to the lab and never gets to touch grass and just dies? Like, that's still really sad. We agree that beagles should get to touch grass and live their life. (laughs) And is it worse, like, because they're providing a human value? Like, I don't necessarily agree with that. Unfortunately, I forgot something really important. I'm unable to find the quote right now, but your question was... (laughs) Do they die? Excuse me. Your question was <laughs> in testing, can they live a life after? What? Yeah, what research is, are they being used for? So, okay, so this is not from the article, but when I looked up, like, what are some beagles used for? So I don't know if these were these beagles or whatever, but mm-hmm. depending on what they're testing on, some beagles are used are injected with like poison like different kinds of poison to 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 test like toxicity in certain things Uh or combinations of things and if their beagles or whatever animal is being used to do toxicity testing they can't they don't know how it's affected that animal until the they autopsy it so they have to inject these animals like for that specific kind of testing which given the longevity of this facility and the amount of beagles being bred we can i think make a pretty easy assumption that like some of these beagles did go under this kind of testing once they were sold mm-hmm. they are injected with whatever um toxic thing and then they are you know euthanized in order to, op- to autopsy so mm-hmm. so then i think it's a really interesting question of i mean literally you're just asking do the ends justify the means because no matter what, both of those beagles never get to touch grass. Yeah. And they're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and either they're dead from just being bred and not, um, you know, making or not being fit enough to bread and they are incinerated at the facility or they're dead at the autopsy after being injected, mm-hmm. which I don't know if the ends justify the means. Um, to me, I would guess, and I don't know enough about science, but I feel like 
science is good enough that they could make advancements. Science should know a way to be able to research and still be able to give beagles a good life. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Or at least an okay life where they can touch grass. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think another, I mean, maybe cut this out because this is wild, but this is just what I'm thinking, right? How would this be different if the beagles were being like, and this is just what I was thinking too. What kind of testing does the military do? I'm sure they do testing on animals and we just don't know about it. Um, What if these beagles were being tested for weapons or something like that? What would we think? Do the ends justify the means? Because some people would say, yes, that's a national security. We need advancements in military technology. Well, military technology, don't they use corpses? I think they use all kinds of things. I think that, like, they, I mean, they probably use animals too, but I also feel like they, like, use, like, if you're, sometimes if you donate your body to science, it could get strapped to a bomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we should leave this in because it's interesting. Well, no, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, that's just what I'm thinking, because, like, yeah, I, yeah, it's completely subjective, right, what you value and what you mm-hmm. think, who or what you think has value. Um, yeah. And then some of these things are subjective, but they're codified into laws, or they're codified into research protocols, or they're codified into research priorities um but it's still subjective and it could even be a subjective truth that a lot of us agree on but that doesn't mean that it is the truth yeah I think we're gonna have to wrap it up thank you for your contributions to this (laughs) episode you were much needed and your energy (laughs) because it's literally 6 a.m we've gone backwards into um yeah and what am i saying okay gattaca honestly i was i used to have like an anger about it but now that i watched it again i understand beagles i feel so bad for them i'm so glad that they've been adopted and saved i wish that all animals could not be tested on and there could be a better solution. I just don't know what that is, obviously. There is a there is a discussion of do the ends justify the means and we don't have enough information to make a call on that. Also, I think every single situation is different and as always, there's a lot of nuance and we're not experts on any of this. And I think like our actionable takeaway from this is what you said we should know what our tax dollars are funding in terms of scientific research well we should know what our tax dollars are funding period but the public should like it should be transparent and easy to access what our money goes to Mm -hmm. yeah so great summary yeah i guess we didn't do too much prediction in this episode but we oh my god i guess we didn't do too much prediction in this episode but we did talk about the 
not too distant future of Gattaca, which is definitely not now. And if it were in the future, we would be moving backwards a lot of technology. Yeah. But so, it's the most plausible future, says NASA. Says NASA in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll take NASA's word for it. <laughs> well, I hope. Oh, I have something really important to say to everybody, you guys. If you, so Joanna and I work hard on this podcast. We love this podcast. We think that, I'll I'll start using me, I. I think that this podcast is filling a gap. And because I wanted to listen to a podcast like this, I wanted to listen to a podcast that talks about man and machine and how it's rapidly changing now and also has levity to it and also talks about like kind of you know the divine feminine bratz doll situation and yeah like discussion-based stuff I think that's really interesting I think that I've taken a lot of cues from uh episode or podcasts like as I mentioned um the gray area with Sean Illing Binchtopia I think is really great and they have a very different like energy than us but it's a similar situation joanna loves having gay sex i don't know if we're anything like them (laughs) Um, are we do they just talk about sex they do a sex story okay so we're not anything like them but maybe we can make a list of like we're funny like them yeah maybe we can maybe we can make a list of like other things that we like that if you like those things you'll probably like this podcast I can't but, believe you've reduced my interest to gay sex. Okay. Today I've said I'm a eugenicist and homophobic. Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. And that's obviously a joke. But but what I'm saying is that like if you if you like this podcast, it would mean so much to us if you post about it, if you send it to your friends, if you are in some kind of like reddit forum of sharing things that you like or whatever people do on the internet like please share the podcast i'm proud of it i'm really happy to have joanna on it and i would love to grow without me doing stupid motherfucking tiktoks like i cannot do that i'm sorry i just like in my soul in my being like i cannot i've tried if you go to my tiktok you can see i've tried (laughs) it's embarrassing I don't want to do it okay like please just like ride for us please just (laughs) send us around all right and maybe this isn't the best episode to put this on (laughs) but send them not this one like send them send them one that's not (laughs) maybe people love this one we don't know yet I don't know um but yeah that would mean everything do it for us for for Xmas, please. Mm-hmm. This is your call to action in the hero's quest. You're yes. the hero. Yeah. What other podcast is talking about Gattaca, philosophizing about the internet, sex, <laughs> society, <laughs> the hero's journey? Like, who's doing it like us? Like, no one's doing it like us. So just, just share. Just, just like and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for listening. And... I'm going to be late to work, I think, but I'm always late to work, so...